This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the quarter pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 84 of the Stacey West podcast. I'm Ben and Gary is with me. Are you well? Yes, I am very well, my friend. Well, that's a lie. I'm not uh, particularly. Those who know, know that I've been uh, a state-sponsored drug addict for five years uh, and I've decided to take this time to uh, to come off tramadol. So no, basically I'm fucking like a heroin addict. Uh, but for the purpose of the conversation, I'm doing very well, Ben. How are you? <laughs> um, yeah, much the same. I'll... I'll... I'll say I'm doing well and we'll we'll gloss over it a little bit because um, it's still, yeah, it's still bloody crazy out there at the moment. So um, hopefully, you know, everyone out there that, that subscribes and that listens to us is doing well. Um, we know it's been a little while since we've, we've got a podcast out, but ultimately there's not really too much to say um, at the minute other than, you know, looking back at things and we've literally just had a conversation off air about some things that we might get doing, but um yeah, obviously, still no football, um, unless you're a Bundesliga fan, which I think suddenly a lot of people in the UK are going to become. Up the Belarusian um, Premier League. Or the Belarusian, yes, of course. Balls to the Bundesliga, it's all about the Slutska. <laughs> the second, you know. There you go. And you I don't know why I picked a team called Slutska. Um, I've, got, I've, got an, I've got an inkling as to why you may have picked that team, Gary. You made me laugh. I would have gone for Minsk. Uh, because it was heavily referenced in the series Friends that I used to enjoy. Um, but for some yeah. reason, Slutska jumped out at me. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, 
But yeah, like it's you know, last time we last time out we spoke to Liam Scully, and um, there's been a couple of interviews since where he's spoken to uh, Radio Lincolnshire and, and things like that. And uh, I know Clive's done a couple of uh, calls with Michael Horton as well over there, and it, it sounds like this is going to be probably a bit more of a uh, a financial hit than maybe was initially first discussed. Um, I think the figure of around nine hundred thousand pounds has been has been mentioned, um, which uh, you know, I mean, when when people say, "Oh, well, we made you know we made a profit one season, we made a loss the following season," like obviously when the the you know the financials come out this year, for a lot of companies, they're going to be affected by by the current situation. So, um, it it doesn't sound like at the moment. Um, it certainly doesn't sound like we are approaching a sort of uh, uh what's the word i'm looking for like uh, an extinction event if you like um for the club but it's it's certainly worrying um we we are obviously we've spoken about it before you know the club is in good hands it's been run uh, well it's been being run well um it's not in that sort of uh almost wild west kind of era of of um the well before we went into administration and it's it's not it, it's not sort of on its arse like some other clubs would be um but it's it's still quite a worrying situation when you think yeah i mean let's not discount this extinction event just yet um you know i know the club are in a great position and there will be you know there, there would be a long line of clubs go before we do uh thanks to good management, thanks to good fortune over the past three years, and thanks also to an extreme uh, stroke of luck in uh, January because, you know, had we not stripped away at the wage bill and had we not then loaded up on loan players and and kind of new, perhaps uh, cheaper players, um, you know, I think we would be in a much worse position and nobody around the football club will probably admit that. Uh, I think it was luck. You know, we never we never intended to sell Harry Toffolo. We never intended, as far as I'm aware, to sell Andrade, Bruno Andrade, to sell Mickey, uh, to sell Big John. But, you know, they all went. Fees came in. Wages were reduced. And that's left us in a really good position. Um, mm. You know, and, and Michael Appleton fans will say it was a great bit of planning because, uh, you know, coronavirus came in in December. I think it was first in China. So Michael's got extreme foresight. But, um <laughs> No, you know, it, it, it was luck, but this isn't a well-run football club through luck. It's a well-run football club through having good people in good positions. And, you know, for everybody who's criticised Liam and, uh, I mean, very few criticised Clive, but for anyone who's criticised the likes of Liam and Jess George, you know, we're going to kind of reap the benefits. Because when mm-hmm. we're talking about, I mean, we've said 900,000, let's be honest, it's going to be a million pound hit. When you talk about a million pound hit at some clubs, it will put them out of business. Um, I would imagine that inwardly, and I missed the last supporters board meeting, so I don't know, but I would imagine inwardly um, there'll be a feeling that survival is the name of the game. Uh, And then when things start coming back, it'll all be about trying to to surge forward. Um, I mean, it's interesting, and I think it's interesting in, in the wider context of sport to be honest because I mean we we talk about our little corner of the world uh Lincoln City but you know it applies to everybody and it's strange in that respect for a club specific podcast to be talking about issues that literally affects everybody in the world 
you know, in, in terms of sport as well, you know, how does sport come back? How do individual clubs come back? How do fans interact when we come back? You know, mm. when we stumbled into this at the end of March, you know, neither you nor I could ever have foreseen the impact that it was going to have on the world. You know, I, mean, I remember no. watching the, the lockdown with Boris and, you know, I spent that day putting the foundations in for the um, log cabin. I, you know, the next day my dad was coming back, we were going to build it. You know, we knew there was a virus and a few people in Britain were getting it. And, and here we are six, seven, eight weeks later talking about, you know, the things we're talking about regarding Lincoln City are just different. You know, we're not talking mm. about players. For instance, off air, you and I were chatting about, you know, um, what subjects we're talking about today. But mm. we never mentioned the potential of Theo Archibald, who was linked with us at the beginning of, uh, at the end of March. We never th- thought about talking about him as a possible player because right now, you know, players are actually the l- new players. Recruitment is actually the last thing on our mind. Yeah, and it, it, that's not something we would have thought of that we'd be saying, you know, on the, on the 14th of May, is it? It's it's something that, you know, 14th May, normally, season's out of the way, right, let's carry on, let's get done what we need to. And, Sorry. You know, let's, that's all right, let's, let's see if we can, um, you know, let's see if we can identify transfer targets and, and, you know, ideals of what we'd like to happen next season, but... It's still, it's still completely up in the air. I mean, obviously, I think, um, I think Rick Parry said something last week. I think it was where he said that there's going to be a, a a massive, massive deficit in the amount of money that's coming into to League One and League Two um, and the Championship for that matter as well. But I think uh, Clive's made it fairly clear that when it comes to those meetings, I think the Championship are sort of in their own little group. Because of the the potential that they have to to you know devolve into the Premier League, um, but it's um, yeah it, it's certainly a very strange time. Um, it's not something that it's not something we're going to need. Well, not something we're going to want to to continue talking about forever. But I think this is going to impact, like you say, more than just um, more than just the club, more than just sport when it's. You know when it's when it's affecting everybody in their daily lives. I think it's uh, it, it almost seems a bit trivial to be talking about you know these sorts of things, but ultimately you know it's it's what we do and people subscribe to it and and want to try and enjoy stuff. So yeah, I think we'll try and keep the, oh, go on. the thing is, Ben, that um, people want to return to normal, and so that yes. I think that's why we've sat down now when there isn't anything new to talk about. But we've sat down now because you know B and Q's open, the chip shops open. Okay, McDonald's is open. You know, people, you only get back to normal by people turning back to normal. So we have to yeah. come on. We have to talk about the trivial, you know. Um, yeah. And we have to talk about it really in the context of Lincoln City because that's the banner that we operate under. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, we're all just eight or nine weeks. Yeah, I don't think there's a person in this country who hasn't had some time to reflect or to change something or to realise the things that they miss. Um, and, I, you know, I think, we could sit and talk about that and the impact all day, but the, you know, we know the situation with the club. There is a, a big black hole. You know what the future looks like is interesting, and I think how the league is resolved is interesting. And we've spoken about it many times before. Every time we do, we have different answers. You know, we've mm. been against voiding it, then we've been for voiding it, or, or vice versa. Um, but ultimately, all we want 
is to support a team in this country that we can go and watch, don't we? Because uh, mm-hmm. you know, I still haven't streamed any Slutska, um, at least not through the Belarusian <laughs> league, anyway. Uh, and and I'll, <laughs> I'll be honest, um, yeah, I, I struggle to get passionate about the Bundesliga. Um, yeah, you know, I support Lincoln City, and I know you know Marcus Needham, for instance, is also a Schalke fan, so it's going to interest him. And there are a lot of people that can can quite easily not flitch between two teams, but can kind of project that you know, they want to watch any football. Hand on heart, I don't think I've watched two teams play 90 minutes that weren't either Lincoln or England uh, since the FA Cup final in 2016. Oh, I tell a lie, I watched the Champions League final in the pub, Liverpool and Spurs, <laughs> and I missed the last 15 minutes because I went out for a cigar. Those were the what, days. What, what's that? What's a pub? Yeah, well, I'm actually sat in what's going to be my own pub at the minute. I've, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll post a picture on Twitter. So um, I want the pub experience without people, which is going to be great. <laughs> that sounds like heaven. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, there's been a little bit of um, a little bit of news this week where I think they, you know, the the, the EFL have said that they're going to. Uh, um, potentially scrap the rest of the season and then and then discuss, you know, whether it's going to be points per game or whether it's going to be, you know, how it is now is how the how the season finishes. But uh, it's oh hey Charlie, he's, um, he's outside on a lead. <laughs> oh bless him. Um, yeah, it's it's been a. It, I, I think we you know you said it there. We we've had sort of. Um, views on on more or less everything um, in terms of you know we were in agreement of scrapping it at one point and I think we sort of flipped on that but I think one of us had different opinions to the other and it, at this point I mean where where do you see the season where do you see it going and you know how what's going to be the best outcome for everybody because you know as as Liam said a couple of weeks ago he said that they they want to get it finished by the end of July um, due to contractual reasons and then that's obviously going to have um, a very big time constraint if they do decide to start playing games again. But I, I can't see games being played with the current situation. Uh, no, I, I, do you know what, Ben? I think in terms of games, we've seen a lot. You might see some Premier League games, um, but you're certainly not going to see um, any football, I think, that involves Lincoln City. Uh, by the time this podcast comes out, that might be official. Points per game is the only fair way uh, to resolve the league that doesn't involve playing the games. I did uh, some work with numbers earlier in the week showing that in actual fact, last season points per game would have seen um, Bristol Rovers and Rochdale, I think, and Wimbledon all relegated, whereas Walsall, right. Plymouth and Scunthorpe would have stayed up. Um, but it was a particularly tight League One last season. Uh, in terms of promotion, it would have seen us, Berry and Mansfield promoted. Uh, and if you promoted the fourth place team, it would have been MK Dons. So Tranmere would have been the big losers. But look, you can't, I don't think you can void the season. I don't think no. you can say Joe Morrell never played for Lincoln. Tyler Walker never played for Lincoln. We never lost 6-0 to Oxford. You can't say that because those events happened. Um no. Can you award titles based on points per game? That I'm not so sure of. You could promote and relegate, but can you call a team champions? I don't know. I suppose you can if you're relegated. You know, there's a big call for clubs to say, well, look, don't relegate on points per games. But, you know, if you're Norwich City and you're rock bottom of the Premier League and you're going, we don't want any promotion from the championship, it's 
you know, it's a bit obvious that, isn't it? And I think, <laughs> I think as a neutral, and it's, this probably wouldn't work and there'll be people who will shoot me down, I think that you only take into account the automatic promotion places uh, mm-hmm. and relegate the corresponding number of teams. So, you know, I, I think Cheltenham fans wouldn't thank me for this, but you take the top three in League Two, um, potentially relegating the bottom two in our division to make up the numbers. Uh, yep. So, you know, Bolton and Southend were down anyway. It would mean a reprieve for Tranmere, but, you know, there was a lot of ambiguity around that. In our division, that would mean Rotherham and Coventry, I believe, promoted, who are first and second at the moment. And I think it would mean Barnsley and somebody coming down. Is it not Barnsley, Luton, potentially Barnsley, Charlton? Um, and in the Premier League, you, you take your two automatic promotions and your two relegate. I think if you're promoting, you've got to relegate. Because yes. we've just been talking about returning to normality, and normality is a 20-team Premier League, a 2014 Championship League One and League Two, and we need to get back to that. You know, there was yeah. a, there was enough crap flying around in League One about Bolton's point deductions and Berry not playing and youth teams and all of that. We we can't have two basket case seasons one after the other because very very soon you then begin to lose all integrity, not just over one season, but all integrity. Um, yeah, and that's why also in my heart of hearts. If it's safe to do so, which I believe it will be, you have to kick off a season in September, Um, even if you're looking at condensing the amount of games that are played. So, for instance, you're playing, uh, I don't know, once a week, no midweek games. And then after Christmas, when fans are allowed back into stadiums, hopefully you increase the number of games. Uh, It's easy to sit and comment because I don't know the financials. Um, mm-hmm. But we're talking about getting back to normal, and that has to be has to be something that's investigated. But you know, what do we know? Yeah, it's. Uh, I I do not envy the people that need to make these decisions. Let's just put it that way. It's it's going to be a legal minefield, no matter what. I think um, the argument that you know they're they're, well, they're going to have arguments, aren't they, about um, particularly the relegation spots? Um, maybe not so much in the Premier League. Um, uh, particularly, you know, well, I, mean, I say that I've just pulled up the Premier League table and I didn't realise it was quite as close as yeah. it is down the bottom there. And there'll um, be more more argument in the Premier League because of the cost of losing your Premier League status. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was thinking in terms of the the, the, the golf in um, the golf in terms of our league, but like, yeah, I think Tranmere would probably, if if they do decide to relegate the same number of teams, I think Tranmere would have a. Um, semi-valid argument to say look well we were we were starting to turn things around we were just about getting a a bit of a run together and we think that might have been something that could have potentially kept us afloat or uh, the legal ramifications of this are going to be huge and particularly if they you know if they turn around and say something about the the promotion from the championship can you imagine how how incredibly pissed off Leeds and West Brom fans would be for example and indeed the people that you know at at those clubs um I think the one thing in terms of football as a whole, I think, you know, as as much as it would pain several people to hear this, including our good friend Kev Barwise, I think it's the only thing that's certain in this, you know, in this instance this year is that Liverpool should be crowned champions of the Premier League. Um, everything else, in my opinion, is a little bit up in the air. Um, but the one thing I don't agree with is this whole sporting merit thing that's being discussed, um, which could potentially see... Uh, I think someone said to me the other day that the is it sporting privilege or sporting prestige, something like that, that they're, they're discussing about 
how to finish the Premier League table where it could see Arsenal going into the Champions League, whereas they're ninth and Leicester City are third. I mean, it's to me that 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 feels wrong. UEFA will never allow that, surely. Well, that's that's what's being discussed apparently. But you know, again, we're not a Premier League podcast. We're, we're a League One Lincoln City podcast. Yeah, and, um, and from our point of view, you know, it's cut and dried at the bottom of our division. Mm-hmm. In reality, and if they do relegate three, you know, Tranmere were dire for the first half of the season, and they'll pay the, the price of that. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I, I mean, just because we are a League One podcast, let's dip into League Two. Did you? And I just stray away a little bit because it'll give us a chance to poke a bit of fun at one of our old adversaries. Who, he doesn't know it, but he is. Um, did you see Dale Vince's comments? Uh, I did. I didn't Twitter. think they were very tactful. Imagine having a chairman like that. We've got a chairman who's talking respectfully about the season. He's interacting with Dara McAntony on Twitter in a very civilised way. He's a man that holds his words. And then you've got Stale Vince going on the, uh, Twitter, kind of goading Tranmere fans at a time like this. You know, this isn't the time for football banter between two teams. And and I think therein lies one of the ob- obstacles for us all moving forward as football clubs because 99% of clubs will be in the same boat. But Forest Green yeah. are used to losing two, three million every year anyway. So all, the, <laughs> well, no, but all they may do, I mean, we, we can chuckle about it, but all them and Salford and potentially mm. Fleetwood can do is while every other team was trying to run themselves economically and in a way that ensures their future, those teams can go throw in the silly money at the players. And so whilst we're talking generally in the wider game about wages coming down and players being more realistic, the likes of Dale Vince, who thinks in times of a pandemic it's fun to poke uh, poke fun at, at other teams and have little digs at other teams, and he's a chairman, he's exactly the sort of person that is also a severe menace to the future of football going forward. And that's not just because I dislike Forest Green, and I do dislike Forest Green with a passion, <laughs> but it's, that's not you know that's not the reason. It's those clubs helped cause this problem in the first place. And it's not just them. It's going back, it's Crawley. To a degree, it was Rotherham for a while. They were bankrolled. Darlington were bankrolled. Bristol Rovers were heavily bankrolled at one point. And it's You're forgetting Mansfield. Um, do you know what? I was steering clear of Mansfield. But, <laughs> but, you know, those clubs that are bankrolled have been a problem. Mansfield now are realising that actually they can't run like that. And John Bradford, I think, was proposing a wage cap the other day. So, Bloody hell. But what that tells me is that Mansfield have overspent because the market has been pushed up. But they're pushing the market up. It's like um, it's like me bidding against uh, another guy on eBay for a program, and me thinking I'll pay four quid for it, and him thinking that he should pay three quid for it. But because he wants it, he pays five quid for it, and then yeah. all, and then he's moaning saying, "Oh well, it should be capped at four quid." Yeah, but you paid five quid for it, so you then made all the other programs that are subsequently listed on eBay five pound price because you're paying five pound. And, and that's kind of the Mansfield thing. Whereas the Forest Green thing is, oh, there's a £5 programme, right, we'll buy it for 15 bugger to you all, no one else can afford it. And, and <laughs> you know, that's why I separate Mansfield and Forest Green. Mm. Uh, yeah, no, that's, that's fine. And also, that's- you know, let's face it, we've used the joke before, but playing in front of, uh, of no fans plays right into Forest Green's hands anyway, doesn't it? <laughs> 
Ah, dear. I was going to say, have you had some bad experiences on eBay recently, Gary? Because it sounds like you might have, not Is it something you need to talk through? I haven't. I've had a bad experience with Go Groupie because I bought a one terabyte uh, micro SD card for the jukebox for the new bar because I wanted to get my entire CD collection into the bar without lugging them all out here. Uh, and they're not replying to my emails. and It's been three and a half weeks now. I'm not happy about that. Um, but no, I haven't had a. I don't buy programs on eBay. If you're a program collector and you're regularly buying on eBay, you're being ripped off, and that's fact. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. Um, I did. Um, I did think the other day. I think you, when you tweeted about uh, uh, what was it? When you tweeted about uh, a football sticker, I did have a quick look and see if I could find one anywhere. But uh, I found I it. I got it. Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing is, I've been collecting that album. I went into hospital when I was. Uh, God, I must have been 10 or 11 with whooping cough. Um, I was in there for a couple of weeks, and to cheer me up, uh, my, my dad bought me the first copy of World Cup 90, and, of course, after that, I was a poor little sick ginger boy buying me them all, and I got all of them. But when you're buying it weekly, you can't afford the stickers. And no no lie, I've been collecting them for 30 years. Not seriously. Yeah, I pulled it out kind of two years ago. I went through it, and it's like, wow, I need – yeah, it's a mammoth book of like seven, eight hundred stickers or something. I'm looking through it thinking, wow, I still need 300 here. And I've slowly and surely been buying them back up. And I just needed Zoran Vulovic uh, from Yugoslavia, which is uh, the same name as the boss that, uh, not the Vulovic bit, uh, as the boss that more or less bullied me out of Howden's, which I think is an irony there. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I got that. It was yesterday, yesterday lunchtime. I stuck in Pat Nevin, Dave McPherson, and a Spaniard called Manolo. Um, <laughs> yeah, which, they, who, they sound like the. I mean, Manolo particularly sounds like the players that you got in the Master League in Pez back in the. It day. does. does. <laughs> you'd, you'd be surprised. I mean, the World Cup ninety album was brilliant because it, I don't know if you ever saw it, but it it, it, it was a weekly publication and it had goals in it it had all the world i mean i learned everything i knew about world cups pre-1990 from there anything after 1990 i'm shit at you ask me a question (laughs) pre-1990 and nine times out of ten i can i can get it right including the infamous 1982 uh austria west germany fix where they only needed a draw to knock out algeria and they played the last 15 minutes but anyway (laughs) but uh yeah they're a fantastic fantastic album uh, but the, the teams are way off. I mean, they've got Hugo Maradona, Diego's brother, listed as playing uh, for Argentina, and that never happened. But it's because they were an American company. Orbis uh, predominantly produced baseball cards and NFL cards, I think, and they dipped into the World Cup 90 series. Arguably, it was more of uh, impactful at the time than Panini, which was really unusual. Uh, and then they released a Football League one the next year, and it flopped. Because obviously the buy-in every week, buying the magazine every week, was where the pocket money went, and then the stickers never got bought. So. Huh. Wow, I didn't know that. <sighs> uh, I always thought it was uh, Panini above all else, but then I think I started. I would have been four when that came out. So yeah, I, I picked. Uh, I started on the, the Premier League albums when they came out. They were Merlin. Were they? Yeah, Panini. I think Merlin was it. Merlin in '94 onwards. Yes, you're right. Actually, yeah, because it had the little, um, the little uh, logo with the the little knight on it. Yeah. Now, you, now you mention that. Yeah. And Panini have only just because uh, Panini were a knight at one point. Jousting, I think it was a knight jousting. And when I say that, I mean Panini ruled stickers throughout the eighties. I mean, my first album was eighty seven. Uh, I've got them now going back to 78. Um, my first World Cup album was 86, but I never had the album. I only collected the stickers, and they're, they're worth a small fortune now. 
um, anything. But 1990, for some reason, um, Orbis, you know, they, they, that was a, the popular publication. And then back on to Panini in Euro 92. And Panini retained the license for all of the international tournaments. So nearly, you know, they've nearly always been Panini, but the Premier League went to Merlin and has only come back to Panini this year. Mm, there we go. You can tell I've read Stuck on You by Greg Lansdowne, can't you? All about the sticker <laughs> industry. I, I love it. Ben, I've got, um, you know, those plastic tubs you get in places like bargain buys that people use to store crap in, in their loft. I've got one of those full of football cards and stickers. Wow. Um, but I vowed not to collect the Euro 2020 uh, album that comes out literally next week. But you can buy a full box and the album for 90 euros, and they're guaranteeing that the full box will come with uh, 95% of the stickers you need for the album, and you can order 50 after that um, from the company. So as yet, who knows, I might just to get <laughs> – there's nothing like opening stickers. You love to, Let's face it, you, you must be the same. There must be things you love to do now that you did when you were a kid that just fill you with the nostalgia. Yeah, there's there's a few. Um, Lego is the immediate one that springs to mind. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, I, I do love a, I do love a good sticker album. We we bought one uh, in my previous job. I think it was the uh, would have been your uh, yeah 2008. We bought one then, and it was um, 2008. No, sorry, 20. 2018, 2018. Uh, yeah bought one of those and it was um oh it was funny it was it was funny we, we we said right there's the album when you go out on your lunch buy a pack or something and then it just became a competition as to who who could get the most ones that we needed between the two offices um and then we had a, an official swap station in our one of the little side offices so whenever we had any trades to do between the two offices, we'd go in, sit at the desk, and then we'd work it out between the two of us. So. Would you call me an anus if I told you I completed that album twice? Once, the, the, the first release, so the softback album completed, and then I ordered the hardback album, especially uh, from Germany, and they do uh, update packs after the tournament, which replace the players that didn't play with stickers from the players that did. So I then completed the hardback album with the update pack. And I also did that for the World Cup in 2010 uh, and the World Cup in 2014 as well. I didn't know they even existed. Yeah, yeah, update packs. They, they don't, I don't know if they did one for the 2014 World Cup, actually. No, the 2018 World Cup. I'm not so sure. But at one point, you could buy full boxes of the Africa 2010 stickers uh, for nine ninety nine for a full box. And wow. I, Fee and I had this thing where I needed one sticker in the second album. And so I was buying whole boxes for nine ninety nine rather than just buying the single sticker. And then Fee <laughs> and I would sit at the table of an evening after eating dinner with 30 packs each and have a shiny competition. And whoever got the most shinies then got like, didn't have to do the washing up or something like that. That sounds like a plan. I might have to. Uh, I might have to start. Well, I might have to mention that to Rach. Actually. Well, I've, I've still got half a box of the Euro 2012 stickers, which were, <laughs> I think they were the purple. Uh, that was the purple cover. 2008 was the white cover. 2012 was the purple cover. So that was a hardback as well. Uh, and then obviously 2016. That was the one that reintroduced two stickers on one sticker, wasn't it? Where you had to peel two off and put them, separate them, and they were kind of like tall stickers. 
Uh, I don't know. If yeah, was, yeah, I don't... yeah, they, yeah, they did because they did that in the in the 2018 one, and I remember one of the guys in the other office getting really, really angry because he he had the uh, you know he was so proud about how straight he put the stickers in, and uh, somebody else just slapped one of the French players in, and he just went, "Oh, for God's sake, Blaise Matuidi looks like he's bloody slide tackling someone yeah. now because uh, of the weight, the angle that he put him in." <laughs> he was so pissed. Off. My World Cup nineties got Carlos Valderrama on the piss, and it really annoys me. <laughs> But uh, Carlos Valderrama on the piss. I think we found an episode title. Um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I mean, obviously that you know, it it kind of gives people an idea of, of what's what's going on at the moment. I mean, it's it's just so hard to, to to kind of figure out where football's going at the moment. It's um, it, to bring things back around to to Lincoln. I mean, obviously, you know, Clive and, and Liam spoke about the um, the financial situation and the fact that they're aware that. You know, fans are going to be in different positions, and and what's going to happen essentially if and when football does come back. And it's, um, I I can't see. Well, I, I think it's fairly obvious that there's going to be no more football um, until at least September. Um, I can't see the season kicking off in September as it normally would do. Um, I know some people have said, well, why not just suspend the season for a year and then have. Uh, the remainder of the games from this season played out towards the end of next season. You think, well, that's not possible because of the contract situation and clubs would die. Yeah, it, you know, clubs clubs would go under. I mean, you, you look at South End in our division; they've they've had instances where they've not paid the players. I mean, you've got Macclesfield where they, you know some of their players aren't being paid. It's just a horrible situation all around at the minute. So, um, I mean, in an ideal world, yes, we'd love to be back at, at, at Central Bank this weekend, but the fact is that it's just not going to happen. Um, we did say beforehand that we're obviously recording this possibly a day too early um, to discuss what the EFL talk about uh, tomorrow, but I'm sure we can probably put a podcast together next week because, you know, why not get things back into a, some sort of regular swing? Um, but, I mean, is is there anything anything else that we, we need to sort of discuss or talk about or should we just continue talking shite for the next 10, uh, 10 minutes or so? Yeah, I mean, I... Probably continue talking shite, to be honest, because uh, <laughs> because it's what we're good at. Then um, there's no point in trying to do any deep analytics. We can't talk about well, we can't we can't talk about players. We can't talk about tactics. We can't talk about games. We've mentioned Liam and Clive and and, and the kind of the rhetoric that they're coming out with. And you know what else is there? Um, you know we, mm. we talk rewind matches but there's only so much you know you can watch a rewind match and then a few people might want to read what was written after it but you know the fact is it's we're filling gaps with with, you know we're treading water aren't we do you know what I mean it's 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 that kind of I don't know just that that void and that's what we've got you know we've got just this big void when it comes to Lincoln City Um, I mean I'd like to actually praise Lincoln City uh, and you know obviously people call me a club stooge so it will surprise nobody but here's a story so i ordered um uh, a shirt for my nephew for his 10th birthday isaac is my nephew uh, he lives in boston you could throw a stone from his from his house to york street probably if you had a bionic arm um, but you could <laughs> you could walk from his house to york street in in five minutes and you'd be there and he's he's never been to a proper game. Um, my brother Paul always said he was going to raise him as a Boston fan, but luckily that didn't happen. And he's he's into football. We play on FIFA. I always win. 
Uh, <laughs> I, I, I actually played him on his 10th birthday and uh, I came through and my missus said, what was the score? And I said, uh, yeah, first game was 2-2 with one on penalties and I beat him 5-0 second time. She went, it was his birthday. I went, yeah, that's why we drew 2-2 in the first game. <laughs> <laughs> There's lessons to be learned there. And anyway... Um, so I bought him a, a shirt, and when it arrived, it looked like it was fit for a four-year-old. I'd ordered nine to ten-year-old, and it, it came, and it was absolutely tiny. So uh, I, could, I, I had a little moan to Elite Pro Sports, and their customer service basically said, well, look, we've, we've sent you the one that you want. Uh, you've had Isaac 10 printed on the back, so we can't take it back from you. So I was like, okay, fair enough, no problem. So... Um, I wanted to take it up with someone a little bit higher up at Elite Pro Sports. I wasn't going to do public. I wasn't going to go on Twitter and start whinging because, you know, how easy is that? But Yeah, yeah. So I just contacted uh, Liam at the club and basically said, look, I need to speak to somebody high, higher up at Elite Pro Sports. Can you give me a contact? Uh, and the next day, a guy from Elite Pro Sports contacted me and was like, right, we're really sorry about this. Um, we'll find you a shirt that fits and send that out. At the, and I wanted to pay for it. I didn't want a free one, but I bought Isaacs at an offer price. And they'd then yeah. gone back up to 40-odd quid. And I was like, look, look, I don't mind paying for another shirt because, you know, it's the sizing's wrong. We all know that. But um, can I have the offer price? Bear in mind uh, that I'd also managed to sneak in one of those retro shirts for myself. So, you know, the old wedge was up a bit. And Paul Stalabras has, has paid for the other one for me and has got it for me to pay him back when I see him at uh, a game. And anyway, so I've spent a lot of money with them. And basically, they came back. They'd run out of all sizes of Isaac's shirt, the one that I needed. Oh, no. no sizes at all. So the guy at Elite Pro Sports offered me a signed away shirt signed by all of the squad that was going up on his office wall and said, oh, that'll make your, your nephew a nice present, won't it? My first thought was, bugger that, it'll make me a cracking present. Um, <laughs> but then, you know, my conscience kicked in. She's called Fiona and sits next to me usually. Um, and it's like, no, do you know what? I'm not taking advantage of it. So I went back to him and just said, it's very kind, but, you know, if you sent me that, Isaac's not a Lincoln fan at the minute. I'm trying to convert him to being a Lincoln fan. Three days later, one of those nice training tops turned up. You know, the ones that's got like the the kind of dark blue with the red and white cross on it. Oh, yeah, they're really nice. Yeah. yeah. One of those turned up in his size, complimentary free of charge. Um, oh, and uh, yeah, it arrived. I, I sent them all over, and Isaac has just managed to squeeze into his home shirt after all of that. I mean, it's still <laughs> woefully small for a nine to 10 year old. Um, he's not going to be able to wear it if he eats a Mars bar or two. And if he's anything like his Uncle Gary, he will. Um, <laughs> but you know what? He was just so in it because he's never been to a game and he sent me a picture of himself in his shirt on his birthday. Oh, and underneath he said, me, you, dad and granddad should all go to a game next season. And it's like, I only wish. But yeah, yeah so what you need. Yeah. But, it, you know, if the club, the club had, had paid a lot of attention uh, to that, mm. and I, yeah, I didn't ever want to kind of go on there, and I was never going to say the Stacey Weston were complaining or I was complaining because I'm aware that, rightly or wrongly, from doing the podcast and the blog, we have a profile, yeah, yes. and I, I never want to use that to get something that I want, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. but no, fair play to the club for that. My trousers yeah. are digging into me, Ben. I must have, I must have shrunk. Oh. <laughs> I had the same thing. I was talking to Rachel earlier. I was like. Yeah, my my jeans are a little bit uh, a little bit tight, and you know if, if we washed them in the hot wash or anything, it's like no, I think we just got fat then. So yeah, that's probably fair. Um, 
but no, it's um, that's a that's a great story. I mean, to be fair, the, the club have been uh, obviously there's a lot of people on furlough at the moment, and there's a lot of people that you know currently aren't working that that, that are at the club. But the, everything that I've seen at the minute has just been spot on from from what's coming out of them. Um, they're helping people where they can do. Obviously, they've linked up with that. Um, is it colleague gift or corporate? Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah, so you know they're, they're kind of helping people out that, that are at the club that are currently furloughed, and it, it's just a nice, you know, you, you refer, but well, you sort of look back at what you know what's happening with with other clubs, and you look at the things that Dale Vince has been putting out, and obviously we don't know what Forest Green are doing behind the scenes for their players and, and their fans, all three of them, but the fact is that the, the Lincoln are doing right by everybody at this time. You know, it's obviously. I hate I hate the fact that we've used this word so much, but it is unprecedented. It's not something that we've seen before. Can you remember when the the, the only time that I think we heard the word unprecedented is when you you were talking to me about uh, the um, uh, what was it the the live podcast? I think you mentioned it in a podcast. And said it's unprecedented, and I went, uh, yeah, I've not really heard that word used all that much recently. I wish that was still the case. Yeah, I really do. It was funny. I, I was a, there was a similar. Liam refused to use the words "new normal" on a webinar that we did this morning for the university, um, right, okay. and I've got no problem with that because I think the new normal will be normal. Uh, but just going back to your point, there, you say the club are doing right by everybody. Technically, probably not true because they can't. Uh, and I'm thinking about yeah, I mean- families, for instance, that purchased a season ticket for next season. So you're talking mom, dad, uh, two kids, you know massive massive outlay and you know the club can't do right by them they can't offer them a refund at the moment because football might go ahead they can't tell them any information because they don't know what the information is so it's it's not easy but i think they're doing as well as they can by people um yeah i mean within the restrictions that they've got i think they're you know they're doing as you know they're doing really well i think the you know, my point is that it's it, they're not just sitting there and and occasionally tweeting something out and just saying, "Oh yeah, don't forget, we're still here." You know, it's sort of they are being active as you know as active as they can be in the community and everything else. I think they're, um, you know, we're not being sycophantic. We're, we're quite happy to pull the club up on things when you know when things go wrong. But um, I think at the moment, it's it's a positive. It's definitely a positive feeling in the face of everything else that's happening. Yeah, I also think uh, I saw some comments about the furloughed workers, and somebody put, "Oh, but Liam Scully's not been furloughed," and you think, "Well, of course he hasn't. No. Of course he hasn't, Jeb. And someone's <laughs> got to, you know, keep running the club. Do you know what I mean? They've got somebody's got to represent as a uh, EFL meeting. Somebody, I mean, Liam's working tirelessly. It, it always, mm. yeah, it does annoy me, and I, you know, I, I do consider Liam a friend, and I've, I obviously I know Liam quite well, but it just annoys me when people want to have a dig at a suit, and you know, everybody's experiences are different. It's like Peter Jackson, isn't it? Yeah, you know, I'm happy to have a dig at Peter Jackson because I think he was a bad manager, but the more people you speak to, Moses Swayu, for instance, recently. Kind of tell you, Danny Hone as well, tell you, Peter Jackson was a wonderful bloke. You obviously have your positive experiences of him. And so, mm-hmm. you know, whose who's experience is right or wrong? Just because he was a, came across as an arse to me, he, to me, was an arse. So it's all about that perception, isn't it? And, you know, yeah. That's, yeah, 100%. That's, that's the football club. We made the point... Uh, on the webinar, um, and I'll drop Rory Underwood's name into it because I've never been on a panel with a, a, an actual sports person where I was also described as an expert. Um, <laughs> but we we kind of talked about social media and how 
you know, in the run up to the pandemic, social media probably showcased the very worst of people as well as the very best of people, more so probably the worst. So when there was an event that happened, you were more likely to see the negative comments than you were the positive comments, the silent majority choosing not to say uh, be positive. Whereas I think yeah. since the pandemic's kicked in, I think you've seen the very best of people on social media. And again, you have seen the knobheads. You have seen the people who, but everybody's kind of you know, human nature, in my opinion, is actually to react to events. You look at, um, and you know, don't want to liken the two, but you look at the war, the way that people kind of rallied together and the wartime spirit and all that sort of thing. And I think when people come under pressure, even as a collective, so when Lincoln City fans come under pressure as a collective, you know, the good will out. So the eighty percent, the silent majority who don't mouth, you know, don't mouth off on social media, who don't constantly criticise, suddenly come to the fore. Whereas when yeah. things are normal and things are ticking on, it's the ones that put their hands up and go, oh, "I'm a knobhead," that kind of get seen. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. It's it, it, it's it's just yeah, like you say, it's it's bringing out the best and the worst in people, and I think. It, it depends on. I mean, I try and keep my, I try and keep my Twitter feed as as positive as I can do, you know, because it's uh, it's something that you can curate, it's something that you can influence, and I think, you know, for better and for worse, that's a case of well, you know, you, you try and some people will say, oh, you, you're trying to you know shape it into your worldview, and it's like, well, to a point, you, you know, you don't want to create a complete echo chamber, but at the same time, like you don't want to be sitting there and, and just watching people you know snipe and bitch at each other all the time it's it's nice to it's nice to have that positive uh outlook on things if you can do and like you say at the moment it seems like a lot of people are being as positive as they can be um on social media about the situation so there was no shinies in the orbis world cup 90 album that always bothered me they released just the, co- the country's flags and at the time it didn't seem such a bind but i think now if i was to find a box of world cup 90 stickers which would be worth a couple of hundred pounds i wouldn't have much of a thrill going through them you wouldn't go oh, oh look i've got a paul gascoigne whereas you know there's no bigger thrill than getting the bulgaria badge in mexico 86 <laughs> There isn't. I tell you what, the only the only sticker album that I've got that I ever completed was the Star Wars Episode One sticker album, and the only reason I I was completed that, and the only reason I remember that is because I remember it spoiled the end of the movie for me um, (laughs) because it came out. I think it came out about three months before the film did, so I was like, oh, I'm going to complete all the all I'm going to complete the album, and I didn't realise that it told the story. And then of course at the end, it's oh, and Qui Gon Jinn got killed. Oh, for God's sake! I haven't watched that Star Wars, so thanks for that. Yeah, I wouldn't bother, mate. It's crap. Is that one of the three that had um, you and McGregor in it? Yes. No, no, I'm not watching that crap. We are going to watch. McGregor's probably the best thing about them as well. To be fair, we're going to watch, and I haven't seen it yet, so don't, no spoilers. We're going to watch the Last Jedi. We're going to have a, a cinema night this Saturday. Okay. And I. Uh, so then, you have you got the Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker to watch then? Uh, no, I've watched the Last Jedi. What's the last one? Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, that's the one I've got. I've seen the other two. Um, okay. And that, I've, I've, that one's now you can if I go on now TV and subscribe you can get it on Sky Movies I think so first oh, okay. first yeah, yeah, grab it on Disney Plus now Disney Plus is yeah brilliant. then you have to subscribe to Disney Plus that's true actually yeah yeah balls yeah, to that, that. True. and also I had a bad uh, experience with Disney uh, my cousin who I love greatly uh, was married um, 
Fasano in Italy in 2014. We went over to the wedding uh, and she used to work at Disney and a lot of the guests were from Disney. And so every time something happened, it was like, it's like, oh, we'll do photos now. And if we do photos, one of the girls who was annoying as hell would then go, let's have Disney girls, all the Disney girls together. Um, <laughs> and as the night went on, all you just kept hearing was this voice going, Disney, Disney. And even now, the second Fee and I hear anything to do with Disney at all, that's the first thing that we'll, uh, we'll go to. So. <laughs> and on sticker albums, the first one I ever got was the Transformers album, which was, I think, 1986. Uh, and then we got one called uh, Super Superhero Secret Wars, which was Marvel uh, and DC, I think. Uh, and then it was on to the football ones, but I also had the WWF album, which was the World Wildlife, oh, the World Wildlife Fund one, the green one. Oh, no, it, I didn't have that one. I had the cool WWF one. And then I had the cool, the WWF one afterwards, which was the first of three by the, for the WWF. Uh, and I remember um, now my brother actually really wants a completed copy of it, and he's forty in October. But I know what my brother's like; he's a decadent bastard, and he may well already buy it. Uh, so I can't buy it now and save it till October. So I've got to hope that in the last week of September, there's a completed WWF uh, wrestling album on eBay. Um, yeah, and I can't ring him. Can I say, "Don't buy that album"? Why? Just don't. <laughs> so. Oh man! Well, I'm. You're probably going to have competition. It'll be me and you bidding on it. That's that's what'll happen. Yeah. Well, it won't. <laughs> I know. Which one was it? You did you have? It had like a black cover. This one. I can't remember, but I, I remember the stickers seeming to be a bit oversized. Okay. But then that might be because I had tiny hands at that point because I was very young. Well, actually, do you know what? I thought that when the new football stickers started coming out, I thought, God, these feel so small compared to when I was a kid. But because obviously I'm an anus and I've got stickers from when I was a kid, I compared them and they are actually smaller. So I think that wagon wheels have got smaller as well. I don't think it's anything to do with perception. <laughs> Everything is getting smaller. My jeans, wagon wheels, stickers, <laughs> and given my withdrawal from tramadol, body parts as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear, I'm. Uh, I think that's probably a good spot to leave it. Actually, talking about which body parts are getting smaller, because I don't want to. I don't want to incriminate myself. Yeah, not my belly. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, is there anything that we, we need to plug? Because at the minute, I think any plugs for for people is probably. Uh, a good spot yeah tonight uh well it's tomorrow night but tonight as you're listening to this if you're listening to it on friday if not you've missed it tough uh we're doing pointless lincoln city uh on uh, the live feed so it's taken a lot of point together far far more than the quiz um but yeah we're going to do a, a kind of a pointless version of lincoln city so i've got three contestants on uh, no prizes at the moment but i might i might come up with one um or i might make it a a series of two or three episodes if it goes down well. But that will that will be on um, the Stacey West Facebook page. We'll be going live around half past seven tomorrow night. So if you don't have anything better to do, um, which the likelihood is, let's face it, you won't have, uh, tune in and you can have a look at my beard, my Peaky Blinders haircut uh, done by my missus and uh, two, three people, Keith Fletcher, Martin Gray and Sean Simons. Uh, all having a go at pointless Lincoln City. Cool. There we go. Um, and yeah, I've not really got anything to plug. I did, uh, other than the the review of the little 
crazy speaker that a lot of people have gotten uh, in touch with me about actually uh, it's like a little looks like a little computer yeah I saw that. Um, with a big yeah it's really cool it's really really cool um so done a little video of that i'm going to extend it and stick some uh, stick some review stuff on it as well but uh, how much do they go out for then um i think they're about 60 65 quid oh, okay i paid that i've got a a round one i can't think what it's called now mm. um but yeah i mean it's it's really good quality for the money to be fair it's it's yeah someone asked me yesterday he said oh what's the build quality like and i said oh you could kill a man with it i think um, and they said, oh, well, you're probably not going to get that on the box, but um, yeah, it's a good quote. It's the ultimate so, roll I've got. The ultimate, uh, da, 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 it's on my phone just a minute. Ultimate ears roll, and it's robust as anything and carry it anywhere. But I might not, oh. might be after a new one soon, so I'll, uh, I'll check out that review. Not saying I, I haven't already, of course, but. Um. <laughs> no, it's, it's pretty good to be fair. So. Uh, watch out for that and um yeah hopefully we'll, we'll try and get back next week because i think um it's been good to to just talk again and, and you know get stuff like this and uh, if anybody is you know if anybody's feeling it at the minute i know uh, i know we both have been uh, i know it's been a bit difficult for for some people but you know don't be ashamed uh, don't be afraid to get in touch on twitter um we're happy to well i know i'm at least i'm happy to to talk to people about things and you know, discuss random stuff. Uh, it doesn't have to be about football. I'm happy to talk about pretty much anything. Um, and it's, you know, it's just nice to to have a community of some description. So, uh, yeah, by all means, get in touch. Yeah, big shout out to Kev as well. I know he was struggling yesterday, but, uh, you know, we all feel it, big man. So, um, yeah. yeah. If you go through hell, keep going because you can only come out the other side. I found that out when I was going through London and thankfully came out the other side once. <laughs> Absolutely. Only so to on find Canterbury. <laughs> on that note, we will see you guys next week. Take care. Chat Bye. Bye. It's the 90th minute, and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.